I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving, but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business and finding ways to work smarter, not harder in business and life. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. I'm an MBA, business strategist, and mentor who helps overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with strategy and systems. On this podcast, we'll explore simple ways to earn more while working less. If you're ready to scale your business, bring order to chaos, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast. Today, I am super excited to have Jordan here from Systems Saved Me. I met Jordan probably a couple years ago when she was presenting in a mastermind that I was in, and I was just telling her that I watched her recording a couple times because she had so much good value packed in. So I'm super excited to have her here today on the podcast to talk about scaling with VIP days, and I will let Jordan introduce herself. So Jordan, why don't you introduce yourself and give the listeners just a an intro to how you started your business? Yeah. So hello, I'm Jordan Gill and I have been in business for almost six years. It's crazy every year, just adding on another year feels like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, <laughs> this has been a while, but I've been in the business or had a business for six years and I started out and I'm still to this day an operations consultant. So all about the systems, all about the integrations, automations, all the Asians, give them all to me. And uh, I live in Dallas, Texas with my husband, my bonus son, and my Kavapu Vivian, who you may or may not hear on this recording if a squirrel comes across the window. But yeah, I and recently have pivoted a bit to sharing my absolute love and adoration for VIP days because they have transformed my life, they've transformed my business, and helped me to put what means the most to me first, which is my family, my health, and and those sort of things. So I'm just excited to to dive in and dig in. Tell us about what point in your business was it that you realized that that you wanted to switch to VIP days in order to get, you know, more control over your schedule, to get more free time and to kind of decrease the amount of time you're spending with clients while still providing them that service. What did that process or a decision making process look like for you? Totally. So for me, it was, I started my business doing monthly retainers, like pretty much everyone I feel like. And thinking that that was like the only way to do business as a service provider. And so I just hopped on the bandwagon and was building systems, helping with launches, things like that with different high six and low seven figure business owners. About five months into my business, I call it launch Mageddon happened. And that was where three out of my four monthly retainer clients were launching. 
and I was totally burnt out in all the senses of the world. Word, I have chronic illnesses that I have to watch my energy around because I will get sick very easily due to my chronic fatigue and other things. So at that point, I realized that I'm not going to last very long as a business owner if this is the business model that I have. So I pretty much after that month, which was September 2016, I let go of two clients immediately and just like held on to two until I could figure out what the heck was next. And so for me, I went on this search of, I am really great in focused bursts. I noticed that about myself. Like I cannot sustain energy and focus for a very, very long amount of time. And so monthly retainers, having the consistent need for my focus was just, that was what was burning me out. And so I learned about VIP days from a sales consultant I had hired and was like, can I do this? But for systems, and she was like, sure. And pretty much since that day, I guess since beginning of 2017, I've been monthly retainer free since then. So I've had a majority VIP days business for a very long time until about last year in 2021 when it pivoted. And the majority of my uh, income came from my group program. But for the majority of my business, VIP days have been the main source of revenue for me. And they've brought in six figures every single year. When you were first switching to VIP days, you mentioned you had a sales consultant. But did you find that it was easy for you to transfer your services into that one day? Like, were there enough people talking about VIP days at that time? Because I feel like people are doing them, but you're the only one that I see actually educating on how to do it well. Yeah. So I definitely was a lone ranger back in the day. (laughs) And not to say that other people didn't have them, but that it wasn't as pertinent and as common-ish as you see now. But for me, I there was an education piece that had to happen. And I actually called my VIP days intensives back then, which I found to attract people who had a more corporate background, but were business owners, which was who I um, was targeting. And so I used intensives and that tended to bring the people that I wanted to, to work with to me was that languaging piece. So you've seen it, maybe day rates, VIP days, intensives, any of those sorts of positioning elements. Um, So for me, it was intensives. And I focus a lot of my marketing in person and like referral partnerships. So very connection based, very who you know, marketing versus kind of the typical like social media advertising, like any of those sorts of things wasn't how I got my clients at all. Interesting. We're going to hop around because we were going to talk about this later. But while we're talking about marketing, it is so different to communicate the value of working with somebody when it is just one day. I feel like there's a lot of mindset shifts that need to happen when you're charging people a monthly retainer price for just one day of your time. So what are some of the things that you have done yourself, like you mentioned, or some of the things that you educate your clients on in order to effectively market this and show the value that can happen out of just that one day? So... The thing about VIP days is VIP means very important person. And so when you are creating your marketing, deciding how you want to connect with clients, it needs to feel like you're making the other person feel like a very important person. And I just found, and not that you can't get VIP day clients from social media, you absolutely can. However, I would say the majority of people that I talk to or that we have in our programs actually do more referral partners, guest podcasting, or really one-to-one type of marketing because I found that that has been 
the best and I guess lowest hanging fruit when it comes to VIP days. And, you know, again, there's so many ways that people have done it. However, for VIP days, it's very, very similar to monthly retainers or typical service-based offerings from the marketing perspective that you don't feel like, okay, now I need to go buy a course on Facebook ads and do all this, you know, webinar setup tech stuff and whatever. You don't have to do any of that. You literally just have to use the skills of relationship building, which all of us can get better and better at. It's not something that I don't believe relationship building is necessarily something people are born with. It's a skill. So we all can learn it and we all can get better at it. So those sorts of marketing strategies are referral partnerships, guest podcasting, speaking, referral partners, those sorts of things. That makes a ton of sense. And I feel like I've noticed this with some of my own clients. We get so caught up in the social media craze because it is really exciting. It's what everybody's talking about. But when even I, when I go back and look at my numbers, 80 to 90% of my clients, even though I'm on social media, come from referrals. (laughs) So that makes a ton of sense. (laughs) Totally. Along with that, what are maybe some of the other mistakes that you notice your clients making or maybe mistakes that you made when you were first starting out in terms of switching from a retainer model or even like a month-long service to a VIP day? Are there any other common mistakes that you see people making? Yes. (laughs) How much time do we have, Jade? So I will uh, stick to the few most common ones that I see. The first one is This idea of like a you pick two Panera Bread VIP day where you have this long list of things that you could do for the day and you're putting the work on the person hiring you to decide what they need. I found time and time again, there are few examples that I can say that works with and the majority of people it does not work with because VIP people, we don't want to work. We don't want to have to figure it out. We The whole point is we want it done in a day and we want you to be the expert and say, these are the things that you need versus me being like, okay, now I got to sit down and I got to like figure out what I need. I don't want to have, that's too much work for me. And so I found that, that again, I think of Panera Bread where it's like, you want a soup, salad or sandwich and you got to like decide what you want and it takes forever. You know, people try to do that with VIP days because they have a vast amount of knowledge and expertise and experience. However, I found that if you niche down and you determine what your VIP day is, then that is going to get you further than making your clients have to choose what they need for your VIP day. So that's a big one. Let's stop on that for a second because I don't want to skip over that because I feel like it's so important and a lot of what this podcast is about, like trying to find ways to do less in order to get more out of your business. How do you coach somebody through somebody like you mentioned who can do a million things? They're very talented. They could do so many different VIP days. And they're not sure which one either they like or that's actually needed. Do you tell them to start with one, like market it, test it? If it doesn't work, move on to the next? Or, you know, what's the next step if they're kind of in that spot where they don't know what type of VIP day they want to offer? Totally. So there's a few ways that I go about this. One of them being I like to, I guess, coach or feel out people's natural instincts. So One of the things that we actually had a a team development session about this in my company, and we were talking about the ways you can make decisions, right? You can write pros, cons lists, you can, you know, ask a friend, whatever else. But honestly, one of my favorite ones that she gave is a coin toss. So this is going to sound very strange, but so take a coin, 
and say, you know, heads or tails is one or something else, you know, A or B. And as, so you flip the coin, but as you're flipping inherently in your mind, you're wanting it to be on one of those sides. So it actually doesn't matter which side it's on per se, what it lands on. It matters like as you're flipping it, what in your brain is happening? Are you saying, oh, I hope it's A? Or are you saying, oh my gosh, I don't want it to be A? Like what are the things that are going on while the coin is flipping? And that is going to help inform you and really kind of the directions that you want to go in. And again, it seems silly, but actually super helpful because I want your VIPA should be something that you actually enjoy and that lights you up because you're going to be doing it a lot. (laughs) And so while you're good at a lot and you're competent at a lot, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to enjoy doing it over and over and over again. And so we have to find the, the balance of What do people need right from you? But also what is something that's going to light you up and get you excited every single time that you do it? I love the idea of a coin toss. I feel like that does just (laughs) you have to make a decision. And again, like you said, you're either making the decision yourself and doing that hard work yourself or you're making your client do it. And who would rather, you know, do the work? So that makes a ton of sense. What are some of the other mistakes that you're thinking of the most common ones? Totally. A quick one is the cutesy naming situation that I see going on where it's just, it's like, I have no idea what it is that you're helping me with when you're just like, and this is exaggeratory, but just like rainbows and sprinkles VIP day. It's like, okay, I get (laughs) that you have like a very party centric brand, but your VIP day needs to have a name and it could just be VIP day. Honestly, I would much rather people just call their VIP days VIP day than go the opposite direction and try and get really cutesy and namey about it. So that's another mistake I have or that I see a lot more than I would like to admit. And then I think too, with most people thinking about VIP days, you know, it it doesn't have to be an offer that you only do VIP days. It can be something that you weave into your other business models, like If you have maybe one or two favorite long-term clients that you're like, but I really enjoy working with them, great. And if you want to only work with, you know, the rest of the people with VIP days and whatnot, then you can either put a VIP day as like your front end offer on your website and you don't even put your long-term offers on there. And as you're working with people in this VIP day container, what I call a qualifying offer, you can actually vet people on Did I like working with them? Do we have the same values? And then if you want to open up a longer term spot with them because you actually really enjoy working with them, then you can because you've already vetted them out versus just sticking them in a longer term retainer that, again, feels awkward to get out of or you're having to figure out, okay, what I need the money. So what am I going to do? It's just really messy. So adding a VIP up front, I found to be super helpful for people who still like longer term offers or even people who have courses, memberships, programs, you can actually create a VIP day that brings people up into the VIP day, meaning that you have your audience base, you have your client base. And if somebody is going through the course or program or whatnot, and is saying, I just, I need more access, I need more support, then they can pay more money to have a VIP day with you. And you're still just helping them with the same transformation or a smaller part of the transformation then, you know, your course, your membership, your program, stuff like that. So there are so many ways that VIP days can fit into your current business model without having to feel like, oh, it's like VIP days or retainers or VIP days or memberships, stuff like that. 
So in addition to thinking about how the VIP day fits within somebody's like suite of services and how it's going to relate to their other offers, what are some of the other questions that someone should be thinking about if they're wondering, is this right for me? Should I be offering VIP days or not? Are there any other questions that you would ask them to consider before they move forward with actually creating that offer? Yeah, definitely want to think about your energy capacity. So, and what that means is like, when is it the point during the day or how many hours you've worked that all of a sudden your excellence starts to dwindle? So I found that some people get really energized by being on the call with somebody the entire time. And that's what most people think of when they think of VIP days is, okay, I have to sit down and like engage with this person for six hours straight. Some people that's, you know, a dream. Some people that's a nightmare. Good news for those of you who think it's a nightmare is that you actually can do VIP days where you are not on the call the entire time with this person. You actually are not seeing them at all. So burn your incense, you know, blast your music, like, you know, dance if you want to. But that allows you to then get into your zone. I've seen like copywriters, website developers, those sorts of folks tend to do backstage. Not that you can't do the other one. But I've seen a lot of people enjoy the backstage because they can get into their mojo and you have to get really deep into your creative work. And also no one really wants to watch website coding happen. I mean, maybe other website coders, but none of us regular folk. My husband would. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. There's, there's always a few. But that can you know, be something that you do as well as not be on the, the call at all. Or if you're like, I like a little bit of both. Like I want to like talk to them a little bit, but then I also want the space and grace to do my own thing. And that's what what we call bookend. So think of it like bookends on a shelf where there's like, you can have a call at the beginning and then do the work and send an email with the deliverable, or you do the work and at the end you do a walkthrough or answer any questions, et cetera. Or you can do it where there's, you know, calls on, on both ends of the work that you do with somebody. And I've actually seen a lot of coaching packages move into the bookend formatting. So there's time that you're together with somebody, then they go off and do some exercises or journaling or reflection. And then they come back and you guys are able to say, okay, well, how did that feel from what we talked about and what you did? Where are you at now? Sort of thing. So I've seen people, again, VIP days are the most flexible offer out of all of the offers, I feel like. And so again, depending on where you're energized, whether it's around people, not around people, or a little bit in between, you can create a VIP that really fits your energy capacities and where you can show up in the most excellence, which I absolutely love. How important is it to have it be just one day, even though it's called VIP day? Do you have anyone who does the follow-up or deliverables like a week later or the next day? Yeah. So my rule of thumb is to try to get it to one day, not because of whatever they're called, VIP days, but because there's a natural boundary of a day. Like no one can dispute when the VIP day is over. When it starts and when it's over, no one can dispute it because sun up, sun down, like then it's over. When you start to bleed it into other days, so again, what's typical of longer offers are people tend to think that they can bend the rules of time and be like, well, but we can just like move it, you know, a few days or, oh, like it just allows for a lot more opportunity to take over the day. And so the beauty of VIP days is there is no disputing. There is no moving. There is no adjustments. A day is a day. Everyone understands what a day is. And so there, it just makes it easier for some of us who have a hard time with 
expressing boundaries or holding boundaries. And so this way, this you don't even have to really hold the boundary. The boundary is very obvious and whatnot. So I have seen people do, you know, where it's a VIP week that also kind of has a boundary to it of a natural, you know, Monday to Friday cadence. I've seen people do a VIP weekend because again, there's a natural boundary of like Friday through Sunday. Like people get that. When you start to do kind of anything in between there, it gets a little watery and just allows for, again, some of those expectations to get muddled and makes it more difficult to deliver on the VIP day because people don't see the natural boundary. Yeah. I could also see that it's hard to make somebody feel like a VIP with no deadline. Like It's really hard to make somebody feel like a VIP for a month. (laughs) It's a lot of work. It is. Yes, it is. What are some of the ways that you help your clients make their clients feel like VIPs during the day? Are there certain components that you like to include? Oh, yes. You know, I'm not a a gift person, but I recognize that actually a lot of VIP day people are gifts people. And so thinking about little touch points that are intentional about your day, I found to be better than just like flowers or those sorts of things. And I love flowers and not to say you can't do those, but thinking of things that are more intentional about how can we make this day amazing. So I've seen people who maybe do like a branding VIP day. And so they have this box of like different color palettes and like a candle and post-its and different things. And so then that gets sent to the client for the day of. And so then on the day of, they get to have a very interactive day while they're not in person with each other but we're sitting here on the Zoom and we can like look and view at the post-its. We can, you know, we can light the candle, et cetera. I've also seen people who will, and I do this myself even, I'll deliver lunch through DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever the case is. They basically need to be a sponsor for me at this point. I'm like shouting them <laughs> from the rooftops. But again, like if you are like working over a meal, whether lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever, like that intention of thinking, hey, you're going to be hungry. And instead of waiting until you're hangry and then feeling flustered and then not being in my zone, let me pre-schedule lunch to come to you and to come to me. And we can just keep it pushing from that point on. So those meal intentions are nice. But also I've seen even on the post VIP day side, uh, you know, I've seen, especially like website designers do a really good job of this is, you know, once the, you know, website in a day launches, Then they do this cool like carousel on Instagram and create this kind of like launch event for their client afterwards. That's a really cool, sweet gift. And that allows for even more celebration outside of the VIP day, which I think is cool. Yeah, those are all great ideas. When it comes to pricing, especially when you're including maybe add-ons or extra gifts or, you know, structuring it in different ways, what advice do you have for service providers, especially when they're thinking in relation to ongoing retainer services? Because again, there's probably some mindset shifts that need to happen if you're charging 3000 a month versus 3000 for a day. How do you help people price out that service and figure out how much to charge? Absolutely. Pricing is uh, always the first question people ask. So <laughs> it's funny that it was a little bit later in this conversation, but I appreciate it. And There is no golden egg for pricing on any offer, in my personal opinion. I believe pricing is value-based, meaning, and that's a strategy, meaning that your clients are uh, informing your pricing based on perception. 
So let me give an example. So Disney World, I just went to two months ago, I guess. Oh gosh, it was only a month ago. Time. (laughs) So Disney World and your girl is impatient. I don't like lions. My eight-year-old bonus son does not like lions. My husband does not like lions. So you can buy a regular ticket at Disney World and that will get you into, you know, Disney World and you can wait in all the lines that your heart desires to go on all the rides. However, as an efficiently minded person, I don't want to be in the lines. So there's a second ticket you can buy at Disney that is an additional cost, but you get to wait in the line, like less lines and it's quicker and that, therefore you can get on more rides because you're not spending the majority of the time waiting around. So think of that in every industry. You think about what are the most expensive cars, the fastest ones. You know, what are the ways that you can lose weight? Plastic surgery is very expensive, which is the quickest, or you can do diet and exercise and it's going to take you a long time, regardless of what side of the argument you're on. This is in every single industry. So this is not something I'm making up. This is not, you know, Jordan psychology 101. This is how people's minds work and operate. And while people really love free, what they love after free is fast. So if they can't get it free, they want it fast. And so being able to have that opportunity to get someone the result faster, people will pay more money for it. So do not sleep on the, I guess, inherent psychology in people that, you know, VIP day versus a monthly retainer or VIP day versus course or whatever the case is, the VIP day should be priced higher from a value-based perception because they're getting that same result quicker. So regardless of where you're at on the scales of VIP days, making sure that, again, you aren't getting swept up in, well, but they're getting more of my time with monthly retainers. People aren't concerned about time as much as you think they are in the sense of more time equals more money. That's more of a employee mindset and something that corporate breeds us into and not to get into a whole capitalism conversation. So (laughs) VIP days should be what is most expensive because it is about the fast result. It is about getting somebody to the end of the rainbow with a pot of gold as quickly as possible. And so wherever you're thinking of your pricing needs to be, ensuring that your VIP day is priced higher than your other offers generally is what's going to serve you best. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but I hear a lot of coaches and marketers on Instagram talking about setting prices by calculating like your annual revenue goal and just dividing it by how many clients you can serve. And although I get the logic behind it, it often drives me crazy because you're charging versus time. And I feel like there's a floor and there's a ceiling in pricing. And like, that's the bare minimum that you should be charging. But I think especially creatives or service-based businesses who are trying this for the first time, it's hard to know what the value is. You know, when you're switching, it's really easy to calculate what your time is worth because you can do the easy math. It's a lot harder to decide what the value is because it requires a little bit more thinking. But I think that's phenomenal advice. And I really appreciate that. I know that you are an extremely organized business owner and obviously you help other people get organized too. And you have this whole world of knowledge outside of VIP days that is just so valuable. But for the sake of this episode, I could keep you here for hours. But <laughs> I'm just going to ask you, what are some of like the key systems 
that you use to stay organized. And just for the listeners, I never talked to Jordan before this podcast episode. Her people like set up everything for her. And I feel like that takes a lot of release of control. But she's a very efficient person, like she said several times. But (laughs) what are some of the key systems that you've used to help you get to this place where you do have that time freedom? Oh, my goodness. I haven't gotten to nerd out about this in a while, which is super fun. But so for me, again, I don't like waiting and I don't like having to do something over again. It really, it just irks my bones. So something that, you know, you were, um, I guess a participant in is how like, I don't go in my inbox, like don't go in there. There's no need for me to go in there. And that is one of the areas that I find most business owners getting super caught up on. And so I had to think through every micro decision that I make when it comes to my inbox. And so we have a playbook of Jordan (laughs) that Trina, my team member, has in possession that she now currently updates. At first it was me. And now she understands the flow. She's been with me for two years. And so it comes down to even the micro understanding of Jade, what your process was of, of going through this was, you know, I get asked to be on different podcasts. And depending on a few items, it depends on if Trina will say yes or no to people. And so we do this via an Airtable form now. But really what we're looking for is initially what we're looking for is do we have an audience match? Because I don't want to be on a podcast for e-commerce or something that is not related to what I'm talking about. After that, we go through, okay, what's the topic choice that they want to talk to Jordan about? Is it I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that's like super off base, like Jordan's morning routine. Jordan doesn't have a morning routine, so she's not going to come on your podcast, right? But if it's about VIP days, um, if it's about the virtual conference, if it's about systems, like those things are like a yes. Then the third part of it is a bit of Trina's nuance where I will go, or now Trina goes on someone's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and we get like what we call the Starbucks test. Like if you were waiting in line in Starbucks and this person was next to you and you both are waiting, like, would you have a nice engaging conversation with this person or would it feel like I don't want to talk to this person? (laughs) Like energetically, we're just going to pretend we don't exist. And so that was something that I did, you know, before I had Trina. And so I had to figure out the best way for Trina to duplicate that experience was, okay, it's, it's a Starbucks test. Like, would this be somebody that Jordan would have an engaging conversation with and really enjoy being on their podcast? Or do they, you know, are they a douche to lack of a better word? You know, so it's like, I want to have good conversations with people and Trina knows that. And so if they don't pass that, then even if they're an audience match, even if they're a topic match, if they don't pass the Starbucks test, Jordan's not getting on. Well, I'm honored I passed the Starbucks test. <laughs> you did. You did. I was like, yes, I'm talking, you know. But, you know, it we think that, oh, how could somebody possibly take over my inbox? Like it comes down to those micro decisions and you just have to talk them out and then, you know, write them out as a process and someone can totally do that for you. So that's one of them. How long did it take you to make that playbook and to <laughs> even document all those micro decisions? Because I'm just thinking of everything that comes into my inbox. It's a lot to do to document that. It's a lot. I mean, it's taken many, many months to create. I would say the initial one was pretty thorough and had a lot of like, I don't do guest blogging. You know, there's a lot of like no's automatically for me. And so really, we just had to look at podcast interviews, speaking engagements and things that I would want to do. Then it becomes like, okay, what's the decision tree for that? So there's 
there's always those things that are like an automatic no. And that allows your team member to not have to waste time going back and forth and just be like, well, Jordan doesn't like to do bundles or Jordan doesn't like to do guest blogging. It's very easy. So then that weeds out a lot of the stuff that can come into your inbox or what are those automatic no's that we can just like nip in the bud? Yeah. So I hear this a lot that people don't want to lose that personal connection that they have with people in their email when people who they personally know are emailing them. They feel like it's distant or unfriendly to have some stranger in their inbox answering emails. Is that something that you had to overcome or is that something? Mm. I'll just leave it there. How did you overcome that? Yeah, (laughs) totally. So for me, there was a little bit of fear of that. However, I recognize, and I think I've stated a lot, that I'm a pretty forgetful person. And so it actually is more beneficial for you to go through Trina than it is me. Because even though you're my friend and I know you well, I'm probably going to forget whatever it is that you say. And I'm probably going to forget to have it be a task, all of those things. So now people understand, and unfortunately, some people have experienced that like talking to me is actually not the way. Now, if it's a personal conversation with somebody if it's like legal or HR or financial related, then I have an email specifically for those people. That's all I talk about in there. But I feel like most people who know me well usually have my phone number. And so if it's like a friend or someone close, they know to text me, but business related stuff, go through Trina. And again, like, unfortunately, some people have tried the other way. And I'm like, that is a terrible idea. And I'm like, yes. And then they're like, well, I thought you were going to show up today. And I was like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's hilarious. Don't remember this at all. <laughs> so like, <laughs> they're like, okay, clearly we need to just go to Trina. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good mindset shift. And I feel like it's such a, even for people to hear that you do not touch your inbox at all, like it's possible people, <laughs> it's possible to like <laughs> have is. a little bit of control. So in addition to email, which must save you that's hours <laughs> every single week, what are some of the other systems you have set up to protect your time? Oh, yes. So that's one we also have. Now we have in-home help because, you know, uh, myself, my husband are both pretty high achievers in business and in career. And so having to plan meals, having to, you know, coordinate laundry schedules, all that sort of stuff. We now have somebody who does all of that for us and super, super grateful for that because I know every Tuesday I'm going to have clean bed sheets. And I know every Monday that my weekly meals are going to be prepped and in the fridge. And so that also alleviates a lot as well. So it's not even just business, you know, type systems that we have. But for me, it's also life because there's so many things that you're juggling between life and business that I always encourage people to also think, what else in my life is holding me back from business? Because again, the time I spend doing laundry I could be getting another client or I could be doing a YouTube video or podcast episode or whatnot. And so I like to alleviate, especially on the, on the life side as well. I have a lot of auto enrollments. So I've got, you know, my toilet paper and my paper towels, they come in at, you know, a certain cadence that takes that off my plate. I have a lot of auto enrolled bills, all of those sorts of things, because the less I have to think about that, the more I can show up in excellence and do what I need to do with work. So um, I think another business system that intrigues people besides inbox and being completely out of it is, you know, with that comes like, I guess, meeting cadence, which may not relate to everybody. But for me, I really only talk to people on Tuesdays and Wednesdays every week. And that protects Mondays, Thursdays and Fridays. Same. And so I found, you know, with Trina, even talking about getting on podcasts and stuff, most podcasters 
have like a Tuesday, Thursday schedule, or we found a Monday, Wednesday schedule. So I was like, okay, let's pick Tuesday and Wednesday and whatever they're available on a Tuesday or Wednesday, that is when I'm going to be on it, you know? And so thinking through those little details of meeting cadence or, you know, podcast guessing opportunities and things like that, don't feel like you have to open up your whole schedule to be available at any given time. If someone only does Fridays, then Trina knows if it hits all of the marks, but their scheduling is off for me, then she has to come to me and say, hey, how badly do you want to be on this? And then I get to decide if I want to spend my Friday doing that or not, right? So it all comes together and it's not something that I have created one night and then all of a sudden it's this you know book of Jordan that everyone follows the rules of. It's always iterating. It's always adjusting and to give yourselves patience um, and whatnot because you know, it's about the stacking of the blocks. It's not about the, you know, the tower at the end, because first of all, your business is never going to be like, totally zipped up and clean. (laughs) And as a systems person, obviously, that drives me nuts. However, I also know that that's part of the process. And we're always looking to get better. And if that's the case, it's never going to be done. Like it's, there's never a done time when it comes to business. So don't think that there's some sort of, you know, finish line that you're looking to get to when it comes to your systems and being organized, you know, it's just a passing of the baton of what's the next thing that, you know, we need to, to work on. Just keep taking steps, step, 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 one foot in front of the other. That's how we all are doing it. As we're closing, we're going to do a bonus round, a couple of quick questions, but I do want to just point out, I see this theme through this whole episode. And it's one of the reasons why I was really excited. You're one of the first people I thought of when I started this podcast. Like you have had the discipline to decide what you're doing and not doing, which again, which I think ties into this whole idea of business minimalism, (laughs) because it does take a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of energy to make those decisions to say, I'm not a guest blogger, so I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to be in my email. You know, the reason why you're able to do what you do so well is because you've said no to a lot of things, which I just want to make sure people are like, hearing that undercurrent throughout this conversation because I think it's so important and something that's super hard to do. You think it'd be easy to do less, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah, it is not. It is not. (laughs) Yeah. So ready for a bonus round? I am. It's a quick one. Two questions. So first one is, what is your favorite productivity tool in terms of like software planner or something like that? Yes. My favorite has got to be Airtable. Mm. I am all about Airtable. I like seeing the data in different ways. And when you put it in Airtable versus a spreadsheet, you can actually see it in like different views and filters and sorting and all that sort of stuff. And just makes my heart go a flutter. Yes. Do you use Asana and Airtable? Uh, We do ClickUp and Airtable. ClickUp. Nice. Okay. I thought I heard you talk about Asana, but I'm a ClickUp girl. So now we have that in common too. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. We've tested a bunch of them, but ClickUp is, is where we're at now. And last question is, what is a good book that you've read recently could be related to your work or not. Ooh, yes. Oh, I've read a lot of books. Um, The most recent one that I've read, it's about damn time by Arlen Hamilton. And it's about this black woman who became a VC funding, like genius, I guess. And she just tells her story of how she, you know, went from like no one would give her money to all of a sudden now she's running one of the biggest black owned VC firms in the world, basically. So super interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> I need to stop asking that question because I've definitely bought like five or six books so far. So 
<laughs> but it's good. I'm a reader too. So to wrap up, how can everyone find you and connect with you after the show? Yes. So our website honestly has a lot of different resources. So systemsaving.com is where we're at there, plural systems. And then easily enough, our Instagram is where I like to jam out and talk with people and connect and share. And so you can go to at systems saved me, also plural there as well. So those are the two places I encourage people to go most to find out more about VIP days. We have like years and years of videos about VIP days that you could just binge at your heart's desire on Instagram. So yeah, I would say those two places. Perfect. And we'll definitely link those in the show notes too. So make sure you check that out before you leave. But thank you so much for being here today, Jordan. I love this conversation. So thanks so much for coming on. Yay. Me too. Thanks, Jade. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Business Minimalist Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Your rating and review will help more small business owners discover helpful episodes each week. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources mentioned in today's episode, because good ideas don't grow businesses, action does. And if you want more business minimalist tips and resources, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadeboyd.co. I'd love to hear what you took away from today's episode. I'll see you next time on the Business Minimalist Podcast. The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building, one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you've ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboyd.co backslash coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.